Hello and welcome to Meet Her, the newest addition to Virtual Inforum. My name is Terry Barclay and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. And I'm just so thrilled that joining me today is Janice Cosby Adams, Vice President Foundations Ascension, and a member of the Inforum Board of Directors. Welcome, Janice, and thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Terry. Thank you for having me. So knowing that you're in the healthcare industry, I would imagine you're just a little busy right now. So let's just jump right in. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> What's your personal superpower and how has it helped you in your career? I love this question, Terry. Um, I would say that my superpower is being a super collaborator. I think that collaboration is so important for leaders. You have to be able to not only work with your team members, but you have to work across the aisle, as they would say in the political world. And, you know, you have to be able to work with, in my world, finance and HR and strategic planning and work with the physicians and the nurses. There are all these various groups of people that you have to work with. You're not just an island within your own team or within your own department. So I think that my superpower has been able to work with various groups of people, bring people together. I remember when I started out as a young marketing professional, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was so green. But I did learn at early uh, age and in my career that it was important to reach out to other groups. Uh, the first hospital that I uh, started out with was small, a small hospital in, in Pontiac. And when I got there, there was absolutely no communication or collaboration, no partnership with the physicians and the nurses. And the, the one thing that I realized early on was that we just were not talking to the physicians. We didn't ask their opinions. We didn't ask them about how we should communicate with them. How, how should we work together? And so I started doing that. And I realized that it was easier to form partnerships and just ask questions and involve other people and engage others. And, and it's worked for me throughout my career. And uh, I think that collaboration is the key uh, to me being pretty successful in my career. You are a rock star, Jenna. So that, that's, okay. a really <laughs> that's a really valuable tip. And it's interesting. I've heard more people mention collaboration as important um, when, they're, when they work in the healthcare industry. It's interesting to think about all those incredibly talented and highly educated and skilled professionals all you know working together on behalf of patients and so i can see where collaboration is is really important you know i 
I almost hate to ask the next, the next question because we're mm -hmm. in such uh, an interesting times as we record this, but what is the biggest challenge facing leaders today? Well, <laughs> that is a good question, uh, especially uh, what our whole world is going through uh, these days. I think the biggest challenge facing leaders, even before COVID-19 hit us, uh, is staying nimble and not being rigid. Um, we are working in a fast-paced changing environment, and particularly in healthcare uh, today. But even before that, uh, I think it's really important uh, to be nimble. I think you cannot say ever say. I think you 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 should never say that I can do this job with my eyes closed. <laughs> uh, you, 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 you hear people say that? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, 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 know, I know that person like the back of my hand. I know my team. And I think that's a bad thing. I think that you have to be open to newness and new uh, business models and, <clears throat> excuse me, new management strategies. Um, and I think once we become rigid, uh, we we lose we lose our pace, and uh, we that that tells me that we're not keeping up with what's going on. So I think we have to be careful about just being open and and not uh, just shutting things off mm -hmm. and not listening. To others, not only uh, the, the folks that we work with, but um, looking at, at what other uh, our competitors are even doing mm -hmm. and outside of our industries, because we can learn so much from uh, other industries. So I would say not being rigid and just uh, staying nimble, being flexible, and just being open to new ideas and new ways of operating. You know, that is, it, that is just such a great point. And um, are there, have you observed, you know, people who are good at doing that? Are there any tips or tricks or things that, that you observe them doing? It's almost like it's a, it's, it's a mindset. And it seems like the culture of an organization can either reinforce it or block it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that, um, you know, in, in my organization, in Ascension, we're very opening, open to listen and to uh, people giving their opinions, their ideas, bringing their whole person, their whole self to work, mm. to the environment. Other organizations are, are very closed-minded. And I think those organizations are the ones that don't make it. They're not, you know, <laughs> you know if you're not open to social media and mm. new ways of communicating, and, you know, I remember, you know, years ago, we started on, you know, with, through, uh, you know, how we were, we were taking uh, health care to the community. And look at where we are now. I mean, if, if we had not opened ourselves to that years ago, I mean, people can now sit at, the, you know, at home and uh, see their doctor. Their doctor can talk to them, you know, give them a prescription. And that's, that's something that, you know, we've been doing for a while. And look at it now. I mean, it's so needed. Other health systems are, are adopting that. And um, I think it's just being open to new ideas mm -hmm. and to new ways. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I, right. And to new ways of new ways of thinking. I, um, Mm -hmm. you have observed so many different kinds of leaders, different professions, uh, leaders at the front line, as well as leaders of large teams. Is there one mistake that you witness those leaders making more frequently than others? Yeah, I, uh, I think one of the big mistakes that I see is um, listening to the uh, the generations outside of my own. I think sometimes we as leaders like to be around people who think like us, and I think that's a big mistake. We have to listen to the Gen Xs, the millennials, and we have to learn new technology. There's still some friends of mine my age who they just will they just will not um, embrace social media, mm. and unfortunately, and they're and they're leaders in other professions, and they they tend to want to do things the the way it's been done you know forever. So I think I I I think that leaders need to uh, hire others who think differently who have a different way of communicating, uh, who have um, varied ideas and uh, uh, protocols and just new technology. And and I think that as leaders, uh, we just get into this group think and we don't embrace just new thoughts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think that that's one of the biggest uh, mistakes that um, that leaders make. We just don't want to bring everybody to the table. We uh, we we want people who are just like us at the table, and I think that's a big mistake for leaders. Yes, and I I think that that sometimes that happens more frequently when people are under stress because they go to where the comfort is as opposed to where right. the the growth is. But you, I you know, knowing you, I know that you. I have done many things to keep connected across the generations here, a sought after mentor. And I know you have a circle of younger women who you just take under your wing and have helped to learn, help them to learn and supported them in their growth. So I think with some of the generous things that you do uh, that aren't part of your job description, you uh, naturally set yourself up. Um, in a situation where you're learning and you're open to other generations, it's just kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important. And, and I might add one thing that I always tell uh, some of them, I call them my youngins. I tell them that uh, anytime you're in a room and you have the opportunity to speak up, you know, please do. Um, I get nervous as a leader when I'm presenting something and no one asks questions people who have worked for me, they know I will sit there. I will just look at them for five minutes and I'm just waiting because you know, they're going to have a discussion about it after they leave the room <laughs> so, you know, with, with their, with their colleagues. So I, I want them to feel comfortable and open enough. And, you know, I want them to see me, you know, as someone that they can really share with, even if they disagree with me, I want to hear that. And I think we as leaders need to embrace that. We need to accept that. It's just not my idea. It's our collective thought. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what, that to me is what makes things really work, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and roll and all that creativity just flowing. That's what, that's what makes uh, a, a good team, a good work environment. Ah, that's a great image and thought. I love the idea of the creativity flowing. Is, is, is there a key trait or skill that has helped you to get where you are? Oh, yeah. I would say, I think most people who know me well, they would probably say I'm a risk taker. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a risk taker. And I don't know why. I don't know. It's really in my DNA. It's just not in my work environment. It's probably in my personal life, too. But I just believe in taking risk. Uh, you know, I moved to Indianapolis for a position. That was a big risk uh, to, you know, up and move my family but it was the best thing that I did. It catapulted my career. I learned uh, early on in my career uh, that you have to speak up. I remember uh, in, a, in one of the positions that I had, uh, the president of the hospital had all of the executives, all the directors and managers uh, to uh, come to a meeting and he wanted us to bring ideas. He said, if anyone had an idea how you would change your department, how you would make it better, please, you know, please, you know, share that with me, write it up. And I took about two weeks and I put a plan together and I proposed it, presented it to him and he loved it. And he actually implemented the plan. Uh-huh. And that was pretty risky. That was, that was a pretty risky move at the time. So, you know, I just think you have to take risk. I, I'm just going to give you another, another uh, quick example. I remember when I was in Indianapolis working uh, in a position and I needed to move back to Michigan and I started looking for a, a position. Uh, one of the positions I was interested in uh, was posted online. I called the recruiter, called the company. Uh, sent them my resume. They told me that I wasn't qualified. And it didn't sit well with me because it was sort of a lateral position. Mm. Uh, and I, I was I was really uncomfortable with that, that they didn't con- even want to consider me for the position. About two weeks later, I called them back, happened to talk to, I don't know how I got connected, but to the owner of the company and he looked at my resume again and said I was perfect for the position. And I went through five or six interviews, and I ended up getting my first vice president position from wow. that. Now, lesson was I called the first time, sent my resume in. They didn't give me the opportunity, but something didn't sit well with me. I said, wait a minute now. I'm, I'm more than qualified for this position. I took a risk and called back and ended up in the position. So. I, I guess I'm I'm a little I you know insistent and I just take risks and I think we need to do that more. So I would say that's what I am. I think that's the skill to take risk. I I love that and you know you're spot on when you look at the research. There is a correlation between smart risk taking and success, and I think that sometimes we wait for everything to be perfect uh, as right. opposed to just jumping in. So that's great advice. <laughs> I love it. Right. Don't want to jump into it. You know, you want to be, do it strategically. <laughs> be a strategic mm-hmm. risk taker. 
Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be, have your facts. Uh, put it in. Put it in context. Right. Exactly. But, but I think that that personal uh, that willingness when you have that drive and you have that sense that you're on target. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a friend who used to say, "Don't ever take yourself out of the game." Uh, and Absolutely. I think. That's what you're talking about is not taking yourself out of the game. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so Janice, you've put together multiple really stellar and successful teams. You've had to do a lot of hiring. When you're faced with two equally qualified can, candidates, how do you determine who to hire? Oh, that's a difficult question because I have, you know, by the time your resume, and they bring the two or three candidates to me, they're all equally qualified. Uh, They've been vetted and, uh, you know, on paper. And uh, they are, uh, you know, ready for the role. So I have been in this position many times. And I would, what I like to do is to give them a test drive. Um. I like to bring them to a meeting. I remember um, I had a, uh, I think uh, physician liaisons were reporting to me at the time, and I had two outstanding candidates. Both were uh, from the pharmaceutical world, Mm. and they were equally qualified. And so I invited both of them to meetings with my teams before they started. And... um, I think when you have two qualified applicants, you need to decide how this person will fit with the team. Mm -hmm. You have to determine if they'll fit in with the culture. And also you have to, I think you also have to look at their zeal and zest for the company. And in particular in healthcare, you have to have a passion. I think you need passionate people uh, who are committed to uh, helping others. And I need to determine if you're not just, if you're desperate <laughs> or are you enthusiastic? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to just think, will this person fit in with the team? I imagine in my head, okay, how will, if his name is Joe, how will Joe fit in with Sally and Bev and, and Ahmad, how, how would they fit in with the team? And I think if you, and then also a year from now, do you see this person growing with the team? Do you see them really uh, uplifting and elevating the team? So I think it, it, after, after you've done all your research and the paperwork and they've passed all of this and look at how they will fit within the team. Mm. And sometimes I think if you do that, I think you'll get it right. You'll get it right. So do you have a favorite quote? I do. I, I really do. As a matter of fact, um, it's, um, it's uh, a quote by uh, Shirley Chisholm, who was the first uh, Black woman elected to Congress, and she also ran for president in uh, 1972. And I have it always above my desk. And uh, her quote is, uh, if, you, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. 
That is just great. Bring a folding chair. And I, every time I get challenged with something over the years, I have always thought about that. I, it's always, always so much so that I had a, um, a, a little talk show with uh, leaders uh, in Michigan, uh, healthcare leaders, and they, my team came up with the name, A Seat at the Table, a talk with, with, uh, with Jan. Uh, because of that, because I always saw that quote. <laughs> that is just fabulous. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't imagine a better way to close our time together than thinking about that folding chair that we're all going to be bringing with us <laughs> to our next meeting, That's right? Right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Janice, and for sharing such great examples and sharing your hard-won wisdom. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're kindly welcome. So that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her. And while you're there, check out the other virtual Inform components, including Meet Him, a podcast series in which male leaders share what they've learned about the importance of diverse leadership. There's also a growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and even a series of virtual events. Thank you.